Welcome to the Tim Burns Show. I'm your host, Tim Burns, the common man with common sense and an uncommon desire to know the truth. Well, I had to quickly draw the shades here because I can't see the man behind the glass, Dr. J, if I don't have those shades closed. Anyway, I think we're going to wrap up a couple of loose ends. We've been talking about both the trade agreement and the Hillary voting privilege, voting, well, basically trying to do what we've talked about here going back to my Sunday shows. I've been in front of this thing. There's also another article that points out basically what you've been hearing me talk about. But what I want to do first is uh, I want to let you know that we are going to, as, as if you've been a consistent listener here, you're probably aware that this is talk radio and yet I've never given out a phone number. And there's a good reason for that because I've spent some time, look, I only have an hour and I promise you I'm not going to waste your time, waste your mind. It's all going to be about stuff that matters. And since I got 30 years where the stuff crammed in my head, it all wants to come out at once sometimes. Well, what I want to be able to do is give you an opportunity to get to know me. Now, getting to know me. We've got our first month anniversary since we've made the move from Sunday evenings to primetime here. Started on May 11th, June 11th. This Thursday is our one month. And that's when we're going to put out the phone number. And what I want you to think about, if you've been a consistent listener, is if you want to give your two cents worth about me, about the program, uh, there's no restrictions, there's no screener here that's going to tell you, oh, you can't say that. If I can say it on the radio, and it's okay, those seven words as George Carlin talked about in the public airwaves, if I say it here and you come and you say it, I don't care if you don't, dis- don't agree with me. Whatever your opinion is, is fine. Don't feel free not to be restricted. But the most important thing I want to do Thursday when we take phone calls is I want to ask each and every one of you. If you don't have an opinion about the show, that's great. That's fine. But tell me how you found me. And again, if you've never called a radio program, we'll go over that on Thursday. I know your plight. I have been a talk radio listener for 20 years, and I was one of the most active callers in talk radio that there is. It's one of the reasons that sometimes I get into a hurry-up mode. Now, the more time I'm here behind the microphone, the more I tend to be patient and relax. But as a caller, it was all about getting as much out in as little amount of time as possible. And so that background has basically followed me as I get the hang of shifting gears here. Look, my goal is to get to 4,500 RPMs in fourth gear and then to go even faster. I'm always looking to improve every single day. You've heard me say I've been the best twice in my life. I was a world foosball champion. I was inducted into the Foosball Hall of Fame in 2012, won the world championships in 1980, when they gave a lot of money away during the late 70s. I was also golfer of the year as an amateur player. I wouldn't trade either one of those experiences. Straight out of high school playing foosball, traveled the country. America the Beautiful, you bet. 
And I wouldn't trade that experience. Same with golf. I got to go to Lima, Peru three times on an international team invite, qualified, which means I shot a good enough score to qualify to a nas- four national tournaments, two U.S. mid-amateurs, which is for 25-year-olds or older, and two, uh, one U.S. amateur, which happened to be Tiger's second in Newport, Rhode Island, and one U.S. publinks. But those are pursuits. I know how to drive, to pursue, to persevere, and to accomplish being the best. Those two pursuits were all about me accomplishing something. That desire hasn't changed behind the microphone. My pursuit is to be the best, and I plan in this 3 to 4 o'clock hour, over time, I plan on being the dominant slot with all of what goes on on your AM dial. But the big thing about pursuing being the best behind the microphone is it's pursuing it for you. My accomplishment is for you. I've done the homework. I've got 30 years worth of stuff to talk about. And I really think that I'm going to bring something of value, something of interest. I'm always going to be about what matters. And so all the different subjects that we talk about here, going into the final frontier, the fact of God, covering America. I'm really an I'm a lone voice. I don't belong to anything. I'm not a Republican. I'm not a Democrat. Never have been. My whole focus, and you know, that's a two-edged sword. Oh, you don't have any skin in any game. You don't belong to, yeah, but the other side of the coin is I can't be stereotyped. Oh, you belong to this group, so that means you're this. The convenient thing we in America like to do lately. So, Getting that out of the way and understanding that Thursday we will give the phone number out and Thursday and Friday we're going to take some calls. I, am, I think I'll do a little segment Friday. Boy, we're really changing up the direction. I think we'll do a little segment on golf and how you can improve your golf game three to five strokes. And I don't care what level you're at, whether you're trying to break 100, whether you're trying to break 80, or whether you're trying to break par. This advice goes a long way. And the great thing about, well, we'll get to that. The great thing about golf is it mimics life so much. And we'll talk about that on Friday. So we had two subjects that we wanted to get to and to wrap them up and to set them aside for right now. And that is the trade agreement that, of course, nobody has seen. We have some people putting their two cents worth out there people who have seen it and who are giving their opinion. It's a delicate issue for those people who have read it because they can actually be charged with a crime for releasing to the public what's in that information. Now, I don't know if that's a microphone and a question from a senator such as Jeff Sessions, but let's go over the highlight reel of what this entails because I'm going to go over the highlight reel of what how Paul Ryan looks at things because Jeff Sessions and Paul Ryan are on two different paths regarding this. And then I want to play you a video that I think will summarize why this is really, really political. And uh, I guess the only way we're going to find out what's in it is if it passes or hopefully if it fails. Now, I'm obviously I'm on the side of Jeff Sessions. If he's done the homework on it and he thinks this is a bad deal for America, then I believe him. But I can't tell you my opinion about it because I, haven't have, I don't have access to it. So what Jeff Sessions summarizes is it transfers authority 
to the executive office. It makes concessions the power to write. This is what the, how, the, the, the Congress gives up. They give up the power to write legislation, to amend legislation, to fully consider legislation, the power to keep the debate open, the constitutional requirement that treaties receive a two-thirds vote. This almost reminds me of John Roberts trying to take one word out of the Constitution and call it another and say, well, it's really not this. That's how we got Obamacare. One word, cutely redefined. And it almost seems like the difference between a treaty and a trade deal, because this, in Sessions' mind, resembles a treaty more than it does a trade agreement. Well, a treaty would need a certain number of votes to pass where a trade deal might just be an up or down majority vote. You need two-thirds for a treaty. Pre-clearing a political and economic union before a word of that arrangement has been made to the public or available to any citizen. So Sessions sent a letter to Obama stating, hey, give me the constitutional reasons why you are doing this. He's gotten no response from the president or the executive office at this point. Sessions wants to be provided the legal and constitutional basis for keeping this information from the public. The one thing that WikiLeaks, now that's a summary of Senator Jeff Sessions. WikiLeaks also had their two cents worth in on it, and they said that surrendering, and they got a bunch of documents. I don't know if they got it as a result of the reward that they put out there, but in essence, this treaty trade deal, whatever you want to call it, this agreement surrenders a large part of global sovereignty. Each one of these countries is basically surrendering some sort of sovereignty. And I thought about, well, gee, you got 12 nations. You have America, who has the greatest economy in the history of the world. And you're bringing 12 nations that bring their economies and their infrastructures and their governments. Well, it seems if you're bartering and trading and doing concessions, it seems like there would only be a concession that gives away American sovereignty, which means it weakens America. Again, I haven't seen it, so I don't know. But I'm just looking at it from a logical, common man perspective. Now here comes Paul Ryan. He's on the other side of the track. He says it is a misperception among many House Republicans that this is a vote to give Obama more power. You know, it's one thing. If you have that, 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 track record of Obama to go on, that he has been full of honor and integrity working with not just the Congress, but working with the American people in general. We know he is a my way or the highway guy. And if he doesn't get 100% of what he wants, then he will blame somebody else for that. 
That's his, that is his real track record. Now back to uh, what Ryan summarizes. It puts Congress in the driver's seat. Well, that's if we have a cooperative president of the United States. This guy will do anything he wants, do any executive action he wants, executive memoranda. Who's to say he won't change the rules in the middle of the game? Paul Ryan's going to trust Obama this time, apparently. Here's what, this is uh, back to Ryan, here's what we want to see in trade agreements. We want to be a party to the negotiations. So Ryan is viewing this, that this gives Congress some special privilege to be in on the action as far as negotiating, putting together, rejecting, accepting what's inside this particular trade agreement or any trade agreement going forward or any kind of agreement with the the president. This is uh, this details a new governance commission. It has the earmarks of the European Union with many similarities. Is that a positive step forward to be like the European Union, who is not demanding of the states who are in the Euro- the countries who are in the European Union? The only thing they have in common is the euro. And other than the fact that most European countries actually make their education system, their students, mandatory to learn English. Why? (laughs) Because English is the most useful, descriptive language in the history of the world. It is the most complicated language, but it gives the opportunity for more description. Now, they may look at it as, well, this is the way the financial world works in the just like if you want to go buy a barrel of oil from the world market, you got to show up with a dollar. Well, all of what goes forward as far as countries being able to communicate with each other, it's done in English. And English is the best language there is out there. I mean, the Tower of Babel, does, is this like common sense that if a country wants to be a we the people, they all have to speak the same language. Isn't that good? I have no problem with any culture who comes into this country retaining their culture in their personal lives. But when it comes to the public atmosphere, the public landscape, we need to find a way to be in common with each other. And that first and foremost starts with language. This, uh, going back to this, uh, this agreement, this, <laughs> I, I, I can't even believe they use this language in here. Living agreement clause. Amend the agreement after it's, uh, this is what's in supposedly that Congress will have no choice over. If the executive wants to make this decision, Congress is going to get left out in the dark on this. Amend the agreement after, this is a living document which means they can make it up as they go along, just like the tried-and-true liberal who says we have a living constitution. It's a living document because our founders couldn't possibly have envisioned how technologically advanced, how industrialized we've become. They couldn't have, You know, they lived in a time, too, the founding fathers, where there was plenty of advancements going on. Anybody remember Ben Franklin? Anybody remember a kite and a key and electricity? Now, it's not like immediately overnight electricity exploded, but 
The discovery of electricity happened in our founder's time. It took decades upon decades to make it useful. So we've got a living agreement clause with this trade agreement. Add new members, issue regulations that will impact labor, immigration, environmental, and... You got to have a consistent document. You have to have something that you can go by on a long... That's what's so... That's why it's such a blessing that we have our founding documents. Because times can change. It is the Constitution that brings us back to an equilibrium. All right, this is Tim Burns on 810 KLVZ. Stick around, folks. Tim Burns, Phenomenal Exhibit Services. You know, big business is done at these conventions, and if you are the responsible party, your company, for making those exhibits work right on the convention floor, and it seems that it's nothing but hassles and headaches and nightmares, that the logistics just aren't working, I encourage you to make a phone call to Nominal Exhibit Services. They're the one place that starts and ends the process. They take you from point A to point B, and they will free up the most important thing you need, time to do business at these conventions. Conventions. So call them, 303-901-9090. Hi, Beth. Wow, what a beautiful pendant. What is that? It's called cobalt silver ore. I've never seen anything like it. Where'd you get it? Sue told me about this online jewelry website called jt-jewelry.com. She was looking for something different to get John for Father's Day and said they have these really cool rings for guys. So I went there, got him one, and with the wholesale prices at JT Jewelry, I couldn't resist getting myself this pendant. Well, I know my husband wears rings. I think I'll get him one. What's that website again? jt-jewelry.com. All right, back to the Tim Burns Show here on 810 KLVZ. I want to do one more mention. It's another story that came out regarding a freshman GOP congresswoman from the state of California who apparently is out there with the whip. She's the one that, I don't know if Paul Ryan told her to do it or if she did it on her own, but this is a freshman. You would think that if this is this important, they would have somebody out there with experience promoting this. But no, they've got a freshman. And guess who and guess where she is showing up to? Well, she's showing up to MSNBC. In fact, MSNBC is pedestal putting this lady on a pedestal and giving her as much time as she wants. Why? Well... Because this is Obama's deal. And here we have a GOP House of Rep lady out there promoting what Obama wants. Sure, come on. Well, she was on Morning Joe on MSNBC. And she basically goes a step further in what Paul Ryan was saying. Without TPA, trade 
uh, with this agreement, President Obama would have much more power. How much more power can President Obama have? He can say, do, executive actions, memoranda, anytime he wants. Has he ever been limited in... The only thing that limits him... Well are those who are even more left and more radical than he is. And that's when we're going to get to this. We're going to get to this uh, soundbite. And I think it'll make the point without me having had any more words on this. All right, back to her. She says, without President Obama would have much more power. This integrates 12 diverse economies. Congress will set the parameters of any future free trade agreement. Well, hold it. Didn't I hear, oh, that's right. Didn't I hear Paul Ryan say, why would we want to have 535 people making a decision? And yet, he wants that decision. He wants now 435. That's what's in the House. But to integrate 12, this is a good use of words, integrate 12 diverse economies. These are different. They bring different rules. And yet, somehow, we're all supposed to, these 12 are supposed to come into agreement. Well, somebody's going to get something, and somebody's going to give something. Can you guess who is going to be one of the 12 who gives the most? That's right. America will be giving the most away. Now, China also, this living document, this living agreement that proposes to be more like the European Union. Yeah, that's what we really want. Watching our sovereignty slowly but surely get diminished so we can become like everybody else. You want to lead? Well, then America needs to get back to its roots, its founding documents, and lead. China's potential accession to this partnership. Remember, China's, well, we don't know. Is China in or is this just talk about it? Here's China could get approval to join this. And if they did, that would mean that China would have to adhere to U.S. approved. In other words, China would have to agree in all aspects, to what this trade agreement states. China would have to meet the rules we set. Oh, you mean like the uh, climate change agreement that China probably was laughing underneath the table to? Oh, here, we'll sign this agreement. Anything to get us into the club, and we're still going to do what we want. Do you think that whoever is telling us, and maybe this was her, Maybe this was this rookie freshman congressperson from the state of California, a Republican, saying that China would have to meet all the rules. Has China ever met all the rules on anything? Anybody remember Bernie Schwartz, Loral Space Corporation, that first missile that Clinton approved to go to China, blew up on the launch pad? And guess what China did? Speculation was they blew it up on purpose. Why? So they could reverse engineer. You can't reverse engineer anything if it's up in space. You got to have it on your on your deck. You start taking it apart, and boom, China without having to agree to 
anything, simply stole the technology, thanks to Clinton's good old buddy, Bernie Schwartz of Laurel Space. All right. Let's get to this soundbite because I want to point out that everybody probably knows of Nancy Pelosi. She is the Democrat leader in 2006 when six years worth of Bush bashing finally paid off. And here comes Harry Reid and Nancy Pelosi with solid majorities because of the turnover. And then in 2008, it turned from a solid majority into a supermajority. Obama couldn't be stopped. All this stuff Obama's been trying to do, he could have done in his first two years. Did he choose to do it? No. Why? Because the American people would have said, you're shoving this stuff down our throat. So they create the imagery, even though he's doing exactly what he wants all through the last six years. He creates the imagery that there's always somebody battling him. That's how he maintains this, I'm fighting for you. So here we have Nancy Pelosi and many people who've paid close attention probably have heard her rantings and ravings. But I listened to this video and looked at this video and listened to the soundbite, which you're going to listen to. It's about a minute, a little over a minute. And I don't think I have ever heard her calmer, cooler, collective. But you got to listen carefully for the digs. So let's get to this. I think I've got it at the right spot set up here. If we can get it to play. Come on, video. All righty then. <laughs> Frozen out again. You know, when you, these things sit on your desk anyway. Here's Nancy Pelosi. I'm going to have to probably refresh this, guys. And uh, Can we turn the volume down on the video, Jorge? Can we turn it all the way down out there on the video so I can refresh this? All right. And bypass that commercial. Can they hear me out there now still? Okay. All right. I'm going to refresh this because it sat there too long. And uh, we'll get a commercial. But you've got to listen to this. And then you've heard people make fun of Nancy Pelosi's little giggles, her laugh. I mean, we've all heard the Hillary laugh. And it's the loudest one in the room. But Nancy's is sort of underneath her breath a little bit. And uh, I think we, we've got the volume up here now. Let's go and let's get it up there. Can you support that, that TPA? Okay, we I'm going to fast really forward. We have had a very, I believe, internally respectful process going forward where we have invited the administration. A respectful process going forward. Have you ever heard Nancy Pelosi praise the respectful process that the Republican? If Nancy Pelosi is saying this kind of stuff, it's because she knows that the Republicans are giving stuff away. Let's continue. Oh, my goodness. Locked me out again. Come on, video. Oh, this Internet stuff. It's so fun. All right, we're going to set this up. We'll let it play the whole time when we come back from break. For some reason, I'm not getting any cooperation from this video. All right, 
Stick around for the Tim Burns Show here on 810 KLVZ. How was your day? What did you do in school? I'm Carrie Dahlman, president of the Colorado Education Association, and these two simple questions can encourage learning in your home. Showing interest and asking about the school day can help motivate your children and keep them excited about learning. So stay involved, stay curious, and ask specific questions. Student success involves the whole family. Sponsored by the Colorado Education Association and aired in cooperation with the Colorado Broadcasters Association. Diary entry, August 15th. My joints ache. Today I can hardly move. I need some answers. I need some answers. September 3rd. I'm tired all the time. What's going on? What's going on? June 8th. I woke up with a rash on my face. I want to know why. For answers, ask your doctor the right question. Could I have lupus? For answers, for support, for hope, visit couldihavelupus.gov or call 1-800-994-9662. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services Office on Women's Health and the Ad Council. Tim Burns for DoggyDogWorldRescue.com. Are you looking for an adoptable pet that's been rescued from abandonment or abuse? You know, there's a lot of different dogs out there. You can get a dog that goes from abandonment and abuse to a cage and then to you. That will never happen at DoggyDogWorldRescue.com. Why? Because they have a great rehabilitation system that helps the animal find who itself is. So I encourage you, anywhere on the front range, if you're looking for a dog, go to DoggyDogWorldRescue.com. All right, we're back again. We're going to let this thing load up, and uh, he's got the volume down. We're just going to let Nancy Pelosi play on, and I just want you to understand her tenor, her voice, her calmness. All right. Process going forward where we have invited the administration on a regular basis to address different categories uh, in the bill, and in some cases, different countries. We have many objections to the TPA, but the TAA bill... The objections are because of the money. ...in terms of how it is paid. The funding. Adam Leader, how many votes have you told uh, this is important. Listen he to is this. going to have to deliver from his side of the aisle to get TPA across the finish line? 200. So 17... Plus, you will never... The 17 declared Democrats are the only ones that you think he... No, I, I don't know, but I think that 200 is what it should come up with. Uh, they have 246 or 245, whatever the number is. Speaker should be able to deliver 200. It means That's the awesome power of the speaker. I know of what I speak. <laughs> but uh, maybe there'll be more Democrat. I, I don't know. I, I don't think that. Um, Boy, there's a rip on Boehner, huh? Why? They want this so much. They have the majority. Why there's even any question that they can deliver their vote. But you have to speak to him. You, you mentioned some issues with TAA uh, yeah. and the pay force. Yeah. Um, from a dollar amount, that's a relatively small um, issue. Can you See, Nancy Pelosi doesn't care about the actual about deal. It's about how she's going to get money to pay for her programs. The pay for that the Senate had came out of Medicare. So I have a, 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 an objection to that. And you're right to point out that the money that is set aside for the Trade Adjustment Act to help those workers in those communities that have been hurt by uh, a trade, uh, it is, it's under a billion dollars. It's several hundred million dollars. Oh, pennies, isn't it? A, a small price to in pay. In their world. 
it, it, really, we should be doing much more. But nonetheless, it must be paid for, and we don't like where they've taken the. All right, here comes a kicker. Do you feel that you have responsibility for passing the president's trade bill, or is it the speaker's? uh, It's absolute speaker's responsibility. It's where the support exists in his caucus. He has the majority, and it's his responsibility. And every time we had a bill that came to the floor when I was speaker, you said it was a test of my leadership. It's a test of his. I've confidence. Now we get. The play by Nancy Pelosi, putting pressure on John Boehner to get this thing done. You probably missed the little snide laugh. Well, I don't have that on tape, but I think I got her brothers on tape. Or maybe this is when she's not in front of the microphone. Maybe this is her trying to be like Hillary's laugh. If she could, that's probably the way she really wanted to laugh. So, I thought I'd give you this cool, calm, collective Nancy Pelosi when she's usually pulling her hair out and pointing fingers. But there's one reason for it. Because she knows 200 votes. He says he can deliver. Boehner can deliver 200 out of 245 votes. Why... in the world are 200 Republicans on this. Well, I can tell you why. Because they know they can't play in the game. People who are freshly elected, newly elected into the House of Representatives, they only have two years. They've made some promises to their constituency who put them into office to get some things done. We saw from the 2010 election what exactly happened with Tea Party people. Tea Party candidates who ran as Republicans who were there to represent their voices of their we, the people, and they couldn't do anything other than to say, you want me out of the room? You want me out of the building? Uh, My constituency spoke up about two things. We're getting taxed too much, and we're spending too much. My constituency wants accountability and responsibility from Washington again. And Boehner was so enthralled with just getting his power back. Well, now you look at how that example, how those people were treated in 2010 by new incoming Republican freshmen who think to themselves, well, gee, do I stand outside the room and get nothing done for my constituency? Or do I play the political game with the power structure that's in Washington, D.C.? I mean, remember the, there was a vote early on, oh, Obama's, I mean, uh, Boehner's speakership was on the line. And even before that, I think there was another vote before the actual let's get Boehner out vote where this, the black lady from Utah, Mia Love, who obviously I watched some of her. She was on the channels talking and I saw the kinds of what looked to me, sounded to me like conservative principles. And yet the first thing she said, did when she got in there was support John Boehner. Why? Because it's a trade-off. You're either out of the room or you get to play. And I guess these people want to play. But if you have to give up your principles, 
you know, the one thing that you'll always hear me coming from is that you stand up on your principles and you let the cards fall where, where they may. Nobody out there in the big and powerful political leaders, nobody has actually put it to the test of, hey, we're going to stand for something and we're going to let the American people decide. No, it's always about playing cute little games. All right, I think that wraps up the whole trade agreement. I want to get to the Hillary Clinton stuff and just go over a highlight reel of her too because I read an article, and we've been talking about this. Uh, Phyllis Shafley is a big, bold conservative, and she wrote a piece really talking about, maybe she was listening to my program, talking about the game plan that Hillary wants. He, she wants to even take it a step further than Obama's taken. But if you were a Sunday show listener and you've joined me here in primetime, you heard me talk about the game plan on $5 million. Oh, well, hold it. You left $6 million out. Well, okay, since we left those $6 million out, we have to make that $11 million. Oh, well, hold it. You're leaving their families out. Okay, $11 million turns into 22, 33, 44, and the next thing you know, we don't have a two-party system. We have a one-party rule. And that's why all of these, you've heard me talk about flooding every entrance into this country that offers a some sort of legal status or a pathway to whatever. Stuff, it's, it's the infamous throw it up against the wall and see what sticks. And however many stick, they'll take. Because even if it's not 44 million and they get 11 million, well, 11 million can make a pretty good impression on an outcome of an election. Now, we talked about this on the Sunday evening, and even I mentioned one thing that there are so many people in the system, because the floodgate is open, there are so many people in the system, even to get to a deportation hearing, it's going to be 2019 before people get to that deportation hearing because we just don't have the room. There's no, <laughs> there's no way to process all this stuff. So Hillary came out and uh, obviously did her speech. I couldn't get that up, but you've probably listened over the weekend or even some of the deadhead media talking about how it's against restrictive voting. No, this isn't against restrictive voting. This is called keeping our voting system as integrity-filled as our jury system. They have to match each other. There has to be equal. And so here's the George Soros. Largely, George Soros is out there, and for those of you who don't know, billionaire, Hungarian, uh, always betting on the negative. He is a derivatives hedge fund manager better. He bets, he tries to put, he's put a couple of countries in dire straits because of the bets he met, uh, made against their currencies. Well, one of the lawyers uh, is a uh, client of Mrs. Clinton's campaign. Now, she has criticized Republicans for fear, quote, fear-mongering about a phantom epidemic of election fraud. Rick Perry chimed in. He gave an interview. He, she said that Rick Perry had a law in Texas 
with a purpose of discriminating against minority voters. Notice how the reframing takes place here, the redefinition of what is actually. That's the eyes that they look through. Everything is about victimization. And so every one of these laws that states are passing to keep the system as integrity-filled as possible are actually restrictive. They're victimizing everything that the Republicans are doing, are victimizing whoever the voter might be. Once again, Hillary Clinton's extreme views are outside the mainstream. That was a quote from Walker. Now, let's get to Phyllis Schafly's. Uh, her, the article was having to do with stuffing the ballots. And Hil Hillary wants to take it a step farther. Why? Here's the biggest problem Hillary has right now, is if you match up the polls, she matches up with Obama's coalition, as it's called. She gets the same amount of women. She gets the same amount of this, same amount of that. She doesn't get, she is 10 points down on non-white voters. This is why Hillary is pushing this hard right now. Because it's all about politics. It's all about numbers. It's all about fooling enough people enough of the time to get your power. Hillary's plan includes felons, non-citizens, along with anyone who can't prove identity, citizenship, or residence within the voting precinct, within the voting precinct. Remember what I said yesterday? This is all about friendly Democrat precincts, especially this same day. What are you going to do? You have somebody who has an ID, they have a Social Security card, they have a, a driver's license, that's all they need. And if you're forcing them to go through the process and they show up on election day and want to register and vote at the same time, well, that takes too much time. Guess what? Well, they missed out on election day. Same day registration and early voting. This is what the detriment is to our whole system. And there's a good reason why those Social Security numbers and driver's license are being issued because those are the two things that can skate you through the door, that can skate you into the voting booth. And that's exactly what they want to accomplish. Here's the other thing. This also enables, <clears throat> excuse me, enables Democrats to badger, berate. Remember, if you owe something to somebody because you just got a license, maybe you're getting government checks, you actually have a place in this country right now, even though you're of illegal status. Well, just imagine if you're working somewhere that's somewhat Democrat-controlled. Just think about the pressure that takes place in the workplace regarding it. You better, uh, you better get to the voting booth. You know you owe your whole situation right now to Democrats. So you better get your arse over there and get registered and vote. And I'm your boss too, by the way. And maybe I'll just think about finding another worker 
because we have so many who will work for underneath what the wages really should dictate. That's what happens when you when you flood the labor opportunity with too many workers. It's a simple law of supply and demand. I w- again, I told you the story about being in Wichita, Kansas. A bunch of 15 and 16-year-olds earning $3 over minimum wage. Why? Because businesses couldn't find workers to work. Why? Because it was full employment in Wichita at that point. Now, do you think those 15- and 16-year-olds were moaning and groaning about being paid 9 bucks an hour to be a server or a bus person at one of the two restaurants that I went? Of course not. They loved it. You union people, if you really want to raise rates naturally, you cannot arbitrarily raise income levels. The one reason they want minimum wage to be raised is because that percentage of raise goes right to every union infrastructure there is. A 20%, 30%, 40% raise across minimum wage gets a cut to those union structures of 20 30, 40, their revenues start to go up as a result of that. Phyllis Shafley also mentioned that her top lawyer, Hillary's top lawyer, is going to sue Wisconsin to overturn its effective voter ID law. George Soros, she mentions, I mentioned that Soros has given money. Well, it's the, to the tune of $5 million. The one thing Phyllis Shafley points out also is that the Electoral College cast their ballots on the very same day. The integrity, and she points out, she summarizes her story with what I summarized, is that it's all about the integrity, the comparison. That's why I think she must have been listening to my show. Somebody gave her a heads up on Tim Burns, didn't she? Didn't they? The integrity, quote, the integrity of elections is just as important as the universally accepted rules for jury trials. Now, you would think that somebody out there in the deadhead media would look at doing investigative reporting and pointing out some of this that goes on and maybe coming up with a a way you know election day is election day why don't we make it election day all of these variances are for one reason to fraud the system which they've been doing for 50 plus years we'll be right back for the last one on tim burns show Tim Burns, Phenomenal Exhibit Services. You know, big business is done at these conventions. And if you are already participating in your industry's convention and somehow it just isn't working right, maybe your venue has moved from one city to the next and labor is a complete hassle. You know what it takes to have smooth logistics. I encourage you to give Nominal Exhibit Services a call at 303-901-9090. One phone call does it all. They manage the entire process. So again, take the hassles out. Call Nominal. 303-901-9090. Hey, John, what's up? Hey, Dave. Remember Hank's story about the key to a woman's heart is an unexpected gift at an unexpected time? Yeah. You were right. 
JT Jewelry does have some really cool stuff. So I did what Hank did, got Amy two pieces of jewelry, and she loved them. And that special touch of going together to the jewelry store to get her pendant just the way she wanted it worked like a charm. Next time you see Hank, tell him thanks. I will, but let me tell you another story. I saw Bill, and he looked like a truck had run him over. I asked him what was wrong, and he said he went to a bunch of other jewelry stores looking to get a gift for Jean, and they had all the same stuff, and it was nothing but bling by all the same designers. He stepped up to the pump, spent a pretty good penny, and gave it to her, and she loved it. So he was a hero. Yep, but only until they went to a wedding reception a few days later. As people were introducing themselves, a lady came up, and they both noticed they were wearing the exact same pendant. Youch! Yep, he's been in the doghouse ever since. I'm gonna guess you told him about jt-jewelry.com. Yes, I did. All right, back for the final break here, uh, final uh, segment. Uh, I wanted to get to, my wife was watching the news, and she actually came in uh, to my home office and said, uh, they just showed, because Obama gave a, well, it's been covered, but Obama was talking about how they don't have a strategy yet. In fact, why don't we get to his exact words on this soundbite here. The Goldman Sachs 10,000 Women Program oh, provides business skills Don't to we have a, Can you turn that down while we go through the commercial? <laughs> Jeez. Oh, well, we did it again. You know, these, these websites, they're so stuffed with all sorts of meaningless stuff. And, uh, hey, I guess that's how they pay for it. Okay, here we come. Got it up? A complete plan to train. All right. All right, here we go. President Obama said Monday the United States does not have a complete plan to train and equip Iraqi forces to fight ISIS. Uh, when uh, a finalized plan is presented to me by the Pentagon, then I will share it with the American people. It's not, uh, I, we don't yet have uh, a, uh, a complete strategy because it requires commitments on the part of the Iraqis as well uh, about how recruitment takes place, how that training takes place. Uh, and so the details of that are, are not yet worked out. Obama's comments are a surprising admission nine months into the U.S.-led coalition's campaign against the terror group. Well, there we have it. The, the one thing I wanted to point out is my wife came in and she said she watched one of the Deadhead newscasts, actually. She watched them bring up a tape from two years ago, a year, two years, three years ago, and he said the exact, they almost mirror image themselves. So what is Obama trying to figure out? You just don't get it, do you? You don't. He doesn't get it because when you abandon that place, when you take the backing, the have my back syndrome away, He's just, you know, I almost think that, you know what the liberal mentality is. You know, the, uh, uh, what's the book that Hillary did her thesis on, uh, Saul Lewinsky. And it's always about crisis moments. In fact, this president has used the crisis moment to an unbelievable advantage. And because of who he is, he knows 
that nobody's going to give him very harsh backlash. Why? Because guess what kind of labels you'll be called? That's pretty obvious. But I wanted to bring up something. We've watched this whole Middle East go into turmoil. Here's a quick little little uh Here's a quick bit of information. Saudi Arabia said it shot down a Scud missile fired by Yemen's Shiite rebels. We have terrorists who are now firing Scud missiles into Saudi Arabia. Now, they shot it down. Saudi Arabia has a defense system that shoots those things down. But also in the article it said that this rogue army, terrorist slash whatever, insurgent army has 300 of these Scud missiles. So what we're seeing is from the time that the military had its presence over there to the time that that whole idea of having their back has been abandoned, we're seeing what's happened. We're seeing that more territory is occupied by ISIS, doing more damage and bringing this unthinkable type of political slash religious attitude rules and putting them in play in places, well, in places that were relatively peaceful in Iraq, around Baghdad, north and south, it was relatively peaceful until we decided to pull the plug, until we decided not to nourish that seed of freedom. And once we stepped away, what happened? It came out of the crevices, the cracks. They knew that nobody was going to be there to have these people's backs. And that's, those people... Those cockroaches are pretty intimidating when it comes to the thought of what could I... It's, it's like in Saddam Hussein's political world in the, in the country of Iraq, I made mention of you were either on Saddam's side or you risked, especially if you opened your mouth, you risked disappearing in the middle of the night. So there was no real speaking with with honesty and you know speaking your mind you had to be very careful every moment of every day you had to be careful about who was around you and what you could say the whole place is falling apart now obama still hasn't decided on a strategy well maybe this is the strategy maybe in tried and true liberal fashion and form it's all about taking advantage of a crisis. And there's no better crisis that's escalating right now than the Middle East going up in flames. Well, I wanted to get to one thing here, end it on a good note. Did you know researchers say they have just cracked the code to being happy? And I thought there was a good thing, <laughs> good couple of, because we've talked about I've talked about a good exercise that you can do, and that is stop making decisions emotionally. 
We've trained ever since the 60s, if it feels good, do it. Our whole educational, our whole uh, landscape, our cultural philosophy has been, hey, go with your gut feelings, flip a coin, go to your horoscope. Don't take any responsibility for your own decision. And I've said a great exercise, and I've used this, is if you're going to make an emotional decision, stop yourself. Take a step back and think about it. Think about it. You may make the same decision, and it may be right or the wrong decision, but just that exercise alone is so healthy for you. And so what uh, what they... If you lead your life always waiting for a great thing to happen, you'll probably will be unhappy. Complainers are never going to be happy. Happiness is a decision. I thought that was really a profound statement. And again, maybe they're listening to my show too and heard me talk about it. Oh, just kidding. All right, everyone. I want to thank you again. Thursday's the day we're going to put out the phone number. I want you to chime in with your two cents worth. I want you to let me know how you found the Tim Burns Show. And don't forget to visit TimBurnsShow.com. Have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow.